must have gotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Welcome to episode number 22 of The Take with Willie Mason. We are here in our new studio. It's looking pretty flash. Looks all right. I think, you know, we're a little bit hesitant trying to move from your little um, your little bunker that you had set up down there at Bronny, but I'm glad we made the move. The boys have, the boys have done a great job, so I think it's only going to get better. Well, Just more pictures of myself around here, I think, next week. None of you. I'm hopefully going to get a cartoon at some point. Yeah, cartoon. I just want yeah. a cartoon. Yeah, all right. That's all I want. All I want for Christmas is a cartoon, and all David Fafita wants for Christmas is for next year to start so he can start getting paid a billion dollars a year at the Gold Coast Titans. Damn. One thing that's funny, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about contracts tonight and, and different contracts for different players, and, and I guess the David Fafita one is the big one because yeah. for a number of reasons. One, it's massive money, and two, it's another sign that the Brisbane Broncos – are just in the shitter. Yeah, and let's not get it twisted, um, our audience. We're all for the player. I'm all for these guys getting paid as much as they as much as they can. So you know, when you when you try and call loyalty on these kids, and you know they should stay because of the culture of the club, and try and cry all this kind of stuff, they don't give a shit about the young the young kid who's not as as talented as David Fafita. They're only whinging about it because he's such a anomaly as a player and he's a freakish once in a generational player that they're pissed off they lost the titans got him you know so that's and that's the thing where people need to stop getting in all all their feelings he's all about the money you don't know you don't know what he's about you don't know what his family's about you don't know his upbringing you don't know anything about these kids stop judging him on what you see in the paper these kids are really easy this guy's a really good kid i've met him a couple of times, even I think he was like a 17-year-old kid and he came up to me at the airport and goes, oh, Willie, how you going, man? Like, you know, can I, can I, can I get a photo with you? It was just all I, all I knew was just this big, this big young, you know, Polynesian-looking kid. Yeah, what's going on? I was, I was like, shit, a couple of years later. That's that, that's that David Fafita young kid. You know, so he's from a he's really good upbringing, well-mannered kid. And he just, you know what, he's looking after himself and he's looking after his family because you know what? In two or three years, you can have a look what happened to a p- perfect p- person, Jarrell Yaoye, world at his feet, sh- a current Australian player, Queensland player, bang, one injury, never, ever the same again. We never People played need, again. Never played again. Yeah. I think they come back. He, I think he come back and the Broncos give him that one game just to go, right, that hard work paid off. You can have that first grade game back. But that never, he was never the same player. That kid was a once-in-a-generational player again. So I think a lot of these kids are looking at that going, damn, no, I need to make as much money as I can. I need to look after my family, look after myself, and that's number one. There's no loyalty in this game anymore. One thing that I, I don't struggle with it, I just find it a really strange thing, is that you get all these people saying, you know, this player should be loyal to this club, this, you know, this player shouldn't do this. At the end of the day, if someone walked into your workplace and said, I want you to do exactly the same job and wear a different coloured shirt and I'm going to pay you literally twice as much money to do it, who says no? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, 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 it's just it's ridiculous for people to think that at the end of the day, I know football is something that people are obsessed with and people love watching and, and they feel part of these teams and they you know, paint their face and go to games. But at the end of the day, it's a job for these blokes. And they are going to get whatever they can get for whenever they can for as long as they can. And then they're going to stop and they're going to have to start life again. And I, I hope to God that the, the actual current fan right now can just get over it real quick. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not – like, if you've seen what's happening in the last, you know, 10 to 20 years, like, it, this is happening every single year. But all we care about is the gun player moving from, a, from, from their club. I don't care about the other 20 players that have been brushed, about their families or anything like that. We don't care about that. All we care about is Dave Fafita right now and all these other stars that seem to leave the club. But they don't care about these, these, these guys that have been at the club for 10 years and then the club has a decision to get rid of those guys. They don't even care about them. So as long as the fans 
don't get don't get all up in your feelings and sooking about David Fafita. He's, this kid's a good young kid. He's made the best decision for himself and his family, and just get over it. And I just think he's made a decision. If I was him, honestly, I probably would have stayed at the Broncos because I would have had Payne Haas, I'd Matt Lodge, Tavita Pangai Jr. So something behind the scenes stinks, and that's why I, I think you know he doesn't like the culture of the club. He doesn't know. He obviously doesn't. He either doesn't like the coach or the how he's being coached. Something's happening because if I was that young kid and I think the Broncos would have come to the party at least about 900 and I think I probably would have went, you know what, I'll probably, I'll do three years here, I'll come off contract, I'll be 21, 22 and then I'll sign that massive one. So obviously there's some shit going on behind the scenes that he doesn't like. He doesn't like where the club's going. So It's probably the nail in the coffin for Anthony yeah. Seabold. And I it's think. not good. I mean, you're, you, you have just lost – the the best young up and coming footballer in the world, Anthony Seabold, mm. you've lost him. If because if you're a great coach and you're a good person, I'm not going to say he's not a good person. If you're a great coach and he looked up to you as a as a father figure and all those kind of things, where they look up to Wayne Bennett and the Craig Bellamy's and you know the Ricky Stewarts, he would have stayed at the Broncos because I know that brotherhood that they've got at the, at the Broncos is solid, and he left. Think, thinking about when you left, and, and, and it's interesting you say about the fans need to get over it, because when you left the Bulldogs uh, in 2007 yeah. or 2008, hey. whatever it was, and then you went to the Roosters, who were probably their most hated club. Yeah. And then that first game that you played, and th- you know the NRL obviously set it up so it was first round, wasn't it? I think it was fourth. Fourth round, yeah. And then you were getting police escorts. I had my own uh, personal security. Remember that? that was- <laughs> I come off. So I did like um, when I got off the bus and everything. That's what I felt like for, for Madison. Uh, he's on a way, way smaller scale. But, um, you know, they try to build this shit up, you know, in the, in the media because they just suck at, at, you know, building games up. And they just try to pick on Madison saying, oh, he had bad blood between the Tigers and that. He left because of, of principle. Madge questioned his manhood. You know what I mean? Saying he was soft. He got rushed back from concussions where he thought that he wasn't able to play. He come from a system where the Roosters are so professional and stuff like that. You don't, it doesn't, they'll never question that. And a few things, I'm not sure if this is allegedly, but I mean, this is, it was in the paper, so it must be true, obviously. <laughs> but I think, I think it, he, he questioned a guy's manhood who plays NRL football. It's the hardest shit you can do. And there was a few other things that, that happened to, you know, just sort of piss him off. He goes, I want out. Like, I want to go to a better club. You know, yeah. and, that, and it was different with my situation with the board and all this kind of stuff. It was, it was, it was a little bit different, but... But the fans... The fans, the fans don't never, get it. They the didn't fans, get it. The, the, the get fans it. don't get it because all they do is get what's in the paper. I think with social media, which gives these, uh, these kids a platform to get their voice out, they can end it straight away. Where I, I just had to sit... I had to sit back and just cop it all the time in in the paper and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm a strong enough person, and I'm and I knew I knew what I left for it was the principle of and where the club was leading, where the club was going. And I left on the principle. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about anything like that. But yeah, it was a crazy time. How, yeah. how <laughs> long? How long do you reckon it took before the those hardcore bulldog fans? Because they love you again now. Yeah. How long do you reckon it is? I think I think it took for Canterbury to be shit house and for them to look back on the glory days when you blokes won the comp and that sort yeah. of thing. But it took a long time for those wounds to heal for all those people, didn't it? A long time because I think they blame me for the whole fallout. The Sonny Bill leaving, the Willie Tongas, the Rennie Batools, the whole – the Marco Mealy's, everybody like that because I remember sitting in a, in a cafe with the, the big dogs. I said, you, let, you make this one decision, this will fuck your whole club up. I remember specifically saying that to the top dog at the dogs. So he that was that one decision. All they had to do was sack Malcolm Node. Yeah. Make the right decision. Keep Jonathan Thurston. You keep me. You keep Sonny Bill. You keep Rennie Matua. You keep Willie Tongi. And then you're talking about a dynasty, man. Like that's that's that one couple of little decisions that fucked the whole club. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's because the selfish egos get in the way of a lot of decisions. And it's pathetic when I, I mean I can think about it, and when I look back on it now, and I'm going, that was quite sad, because a lot of people, obviously at the moment, they just they look at how bad the Bulldogs are, the culture is, and this culture that we set at that club was our era. Yeah, 
you know. So fast forward to what we were talking about again, like getting the the police escorts on uh, and security on to onto the, the field on the on the field. And when I come up, I actually usually I'll get about ten or fifteen minutes rest. I didn't want to fucking come off. I didn't want to come off because <laughs> it was, it was right next to the crowd. And then soon as I soon as I come off, uh, security right like right around me. They were going ballistic. I don't think anybody ever, ever, ever feel what I was going through then. Didn't help ever. you scored two tries either. Scored two wasn't. tries and got me in the match and we flogged them. I don't think that helped that much. <laughs> I don't think that helped. The, the so Madison, Madison got knocked out in 15 minutes. I feel sorry for him. Yeah, he did. But really uh, the, the I remember we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk in piss on the weekend and um, I actually felt sorry for him because I wanted him to have a really good game because I've been in that position. But, you know, it doesn't always happen. Well, the other contract is one of the blokes that you mentioned who left the dogs around the same time that you did uh, is Sonny Bill Williams. He is obviously a very different person and very, very different player to what he was in those days. The Roosters have got him on a short-term deal. Yep. Um, there's been a bit of talk about salary cap and that sort of thing. He's getting 150K, which, you know, at the end of the day, he's only playing five or six games or something. So they're getting him in, obviously, to be on the bench and, and, and to try and provide some leadership through that. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good buy. I mean, it's a people, great buy. It's a people great buy. They're not expecting him to be a world beater again, but I what just, he offers. Mate, the, the stuff that he offers off the field and on the field, and don't get it, don't get it twisted, just because he's, he's turning 35 this year, you know, he's, he's been swapping in between union, league, professional fighting, all these kinds of things. He's in tip-top condition, tip-top condition. He's always the fittest bloke. And, I mean, those guys losing Victor Radley, which I think was a massive big blow to their campaign, yeah, to three-peat, because he was playing at such a high level. For them to get Sonny Bill right now, Crichton's getting in. He's got injured, I think, might be four to six weeks. Yep. Um, Boyd Cordner. Yep. Suffering from some concussions, he was probably going to be rested for two or three weeks, and then you got you know you you got Nat Butcher. He's been starting. They haven't they haven't found that right balance in mm. the pack because because Victor had that balance because he was ball playing around the ruck. He took a lot of pressure off Flanagan. He did a lot of those things. Sonny Bill's skill level and football IQ is a lot higher than most five eights. Oh, for sure. Do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's playing twelve and thirteen for the All Blacks. He's going down short sides when it's three on three, and somehow creates an extra man. Do you know what I mean? Like he can he can do these freaky sort of things. There's not a real genuine offloader in the Roosters forward pack. No. Hargraves isn't a genuine offloader. He's a hardcore runner. He hits hard. He runs hard. He does his job. Takayaho's got great footwork. Everybody brings a little bit of point of difference. You add Sonny Bill into that mix. The dude, six foot four, five, 110, 12 kilos, can move good, still, still really good. The professionalism that he's going to bring to that club, the culture that he supposedly built when he did go to that club That's is right. still there. Yeah. He had that handshake, handshake agreement with Nick saying, if he did come back, this is what I said last week, if he did come back, he's coming to the Roosters. He ain't going to the dogs. He's not going to the fucking Warriors. Get over it. Um, so we're right on that, and he's and he's come back in the perfect time. You know, don't try and think he's going to be behind the behind the eight ball. You know that much. You know he's going to be. He, he'll hit the ground running. He'll have a couple. He'll, he'll be in. Obviously, the quarantine's not going to help him. Mm. But um, he'll he'll do his thing. He'll get the training. He'll have a lot of energy. And look 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 what he can do again. He can come back and win another comp. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like his legacy is already set. But he can come back. He can be living in the eastern suburbs. He's got his family back. He's got everything back. He's going to be happy. And that's the bet. The Sunny Bill, is who, who's happy, plays the best football. I've actually said for a number of years that I think probably the best footballer to ever play was Brad Thorne in terms of what he did in rugby yeah. union, in what he terms rugby league. If, if Sunny Bill Williams comes back and wins another comp with the Roosters. Oh, mate. Mate, he he dakes. He just is the greatest Easily. footballer. Like, Easily, uh, you know, some of the things that he can do. Like people don't really understand his what he brings to the club. You know, if you're if you're part of that Roosters squad, you know what he brings. If you're Jake Friend, if you're part of if you're part of that squad in 2013, 14, and I think maybe I oh know yeah 2013, 14, maybe 15. Yeah. No, he went back. No, to 15 uni, back to uni for the World Cup. Just won a World Cup. Then yeah, like just won another World Cup, and then just you know just chilled out. So people know what he's about. And they love him. He's very beloved and all around through the NRL. And it's not even just a win for the Roosters. It's a win for the NRL. He's a genuine superstar. Yeah. 
bring him back. I couldn't wait for him to come back. I'm like, mm. bring him back. I mean, I know we've got some, you know, some young up-and-coming stars like the Kalen Pongers and all this kind of stuff, Tedesco and that. But, like, Sonny Bill's a bona fide G, you know what I mean? Like, he's a proper OG. He's from that school, like, in the 2000s, and he's, like, he's just that old-school sort of guy. He plays hard. You know, I'm, I'm glad to have him back. He's a superstar. Well, the next Sonny Bill Williams, the next Greg Inglis, the next uh, Stan Jurd, the next great – McNeil. The Mc- yeah. <laughs> no one will ever be as good as McNeil. Is Joseph Sawali. Joseph Sawali has done more black fi- backflips than a Russian gymnast. It appears as if he has now decided to sign with the Rabbits. I feel sorry that this kid – I mean, at the end of the day, all of these meetings – and again, this comes down to player managers as well. So obviously the player manager's been out there. So give, give, give the audience – like. What is actually give him a little bit of a timetable? What's happened in the last month with this Suwali kid? Look, I think, I think deep down the kid is probably a rugby union. Player. So he so so he signed seven fifty a year for the set for the South. Is I that think, right? No, that's that's a little bit over. Yeah. So I so because so there's obviously a there's, a, there's a lot of paper talk, but you know, obviously, you know some people in that world. Set the record straight. So what's happening? I think what has happened is that he signed a contract. With South, so I think they've upped it to a four-year deal, and he and he's getting um, a, a jot under five hundred thousand. I think the talk that was um, propagated about the rugby union offering him a million dollars a year now that's patently a lie. You know that's just wrong. That was obviously I think a manager coming out and trying to push the price up with South. So yep. my understanding is that that rugby offered him a shorter-term deal um, with nowhere near as much money and the opportunity to play the Olympics. So. Uh, for most seven, that's what union. Kids, that's what union. Offered that's what union offered him. So a union said, "Look, we'll send you to the to the set because at the end of the day, getting picked in the seven side, you know, at his age and 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 he's not going to get hammered in going to in the Olympics 11, as well. You know, and he gets to go to Olympics, which is pretty. You know, that's a pretty big carrot. So, uh, you know, the, all of these figures have been played out in the papers, and none of them are correct, but. The kid, I think, deep down, probably he's at a union school. You know, on the weekend he was out watching underage union kids play. I think he, he gave up a New South Wales Origin under nineteen spot or whatever it was yeah. to go and play schoolboy footy. I think he probably, I don't know, he, he, he's, if he's as good as people say, and, and everyone's seen the highlights, I think the kid will probably end up doing whatever he wants. He can he'll probably jump. play. He'll both, jump codes. I think know? he's going to probably look at an Israel Folau or Sonny Bill Williams. All these guys that have been there, they've done it before. Yeah. You know, and he is a freakish young talent. And why wouldn't he play both fields? Do you know what I mean? Like, he can earn so much more money. His longevity in the game will be a lot bigger and a lot longer. You know, I think he's making the right decision. I think we talked about last week, the way that, you know, Union look after their kids compared to league. You know, I think this is a different this is a different ball game now when he's made a decision to come to South because – Obviously, it's it's money driven. You know what I mean. Like I just think you know, South will probably, if they say five hundred, I think it's I think it's a little bit more than that. Yeah. You know what I mean. I mean, Russ, Russell Crowe Russell Crow probably, you know, opened one of his little ashtrays up and found a couple of hundred thousand. So, um, yeah, I, I think you know, hopefully he's made the right decision for himself and his family, and and good on him and good luck to him. I, I just don't like I don't I don't like the people sort of you know sort of bagging the young kid, saying he's made the wrong decision, this and that. Like, he can he, – when you've got that much talent, do what you want. Yeah. Let the kid do what, he, do what he does. Like, he plays rugby union and he plays rugby league. Sorry, he's unreal at both. He's an elite level athlete at both sports. So keep going, kid. Go as hard as you can. Have a massive long career and just keep killing it. And f- I hope everybody that knows – both of those sports realizes that this level of pressure doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be the greatest yeah, I mean, ever. Yeah. Just I mean, that's that's the difference, isn't it? Break. People don't people don't realize he's a kid. Yeah. He's a kid, you know, and he's going to play against some. He's going to play against some men next year. Yeah, and then that'll test him. It's so his birthday. I, I, Happy birthday, Joseph. I hope you go well. Speaking of injuries, uh, we sort of were speaking about injuries. That's a pretty average segue, actually. But you said he'd last and wouldn't get injured playing against men. Something. Uh, This year has shown, I don't know, I don't, can you remember a year where there's been this many injuries? No. I mean, I think it's on par with the average soft tissue injuries, but not the major ones. There's been four Liz Franks. I did a Liz Franks in in 2004. 
it was unheard of. Mm. No one even no one gave me a timeline when to come back. You know, there's there's been four this year. There's been about three different pecs, four or five ACLs, an Achilles rupture. The the major ones is is what's worrying me, and I don't know where it's coming from. Is it the the lack of pre, like they had a preseason and then you've got coronavirus you had, break? You know the the yeah the three months of not really running and putting that impact on your body, and then coming back into full impact, maybe unlucky, probably, you know. So I'm not really going to put it on the on the coronavirus or what sort of disrupted year that we've had because every sport's had that. It's just been a year full of injuries, man. And I feel so sorry for some players, man, like McCulloch, uh, Connor Watson, like the, just those I don't two. Know if just anyone, those two anyone, I don't know if anyone's heard. I, I was playing a game and a bloke did his Achilles and it sounded like someone, someone got shot. shot. Yeah. And the bloke went down looking as if someone had just kicked him. Did you see Connor Watson? And he, he was thought, the same. He looked he like somebody turned he around. He thought the guy – he was at marker, wasn't he, chasing? Yeah. He thought the guy playing the ball kicked him, kicked tripped him. him over. It's uh, it's it's actually a terrible, terrible injury. And oh, no, the one of the uh, Andrew McCulloch with the hamstring torn off the bone. Oh, I reckon that the is the most part. Mick Fanning has done it. Luke O'Donnell has done it. Shane Shackleton's done it. They got they had full recoveries, but it is one of the longest, most painful recoveries you can have. And Achilles isn't far far behind it. But damn, I, I don't know what it is with their. I mean, I can understand the soft tissues. Fine. I was, I was expecting more, more hamstrings, more calf tears, all that kind of stuff, but not the major ones, like shoulder recos and pecs. And you're talking, you know, three to six months, six plus, you know, it's, it's been pretty crazy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, what can you do. You can't do anything. It's, no. part, it's part of the game. Everybody knows that. You can do an ACL at training. You can do an Achilles at training. You can do a lot of things at training or just walking down the street. So it's just, it seems to be happening on the field. So I feel sorry for all these guys. You know, good luck. It, it, it is part of the game. You know, when you do play NRL or you play any sort of physical contact sport, it's part of the game. Sometimes life giveth, William, and sometimes it taketh away. Yeah, what's that? Well, it's given us a new studio. And it looks good, doesn't it? The and t- the take with Willie Mason looks good, doesn't and it? And Amber. Looks all right. It's Willie looks Mason good. and Amber. This time, however, what the studio has provided us is the chance to see Jared in the flesh, on a screen. It's so much more personal. Finally. I mean, we haven't really cared about the, the Zoom or anything like that. Obviously, we couldn't because of COVID, but it's actually good to see your gorgeous little face there, Jared. He's not on the screen yet, mate. He's not? Hang on. We'll bring him up. There he is. Look at him. Hey. Isn't he beautiful? It's great to be here, guys. I have a head for radio, so I don't know how good it is for anyone else, but uh, absolutely thrilled to be on. Well, hang on a second. If you, What's that thing behind? You've got a cartoon of yourself with a hat on. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose, but when the, uh, the designers here put that one together, they've sort of channeled early golden days Rodney Rude, really, haven't they? <laughs> you do actually look a bit Rodney Rude. <laughs> how come how, – hang on a second. I don't – I mean, this is a fair workplace. What You've got a cartoon – of you on the take. Yeah. You've got a cartoon, Jared. Yeah. Where's my cartoon? Producer? No, doesn't happen. Nothing? Stars only. Nothing. Doesn't happen, mate. Stars only. All right. Well, <laughs> none of us were a star last week because we were none from three uh, with the gambling betting that we have uh, – well, we're awful at now. Yeah, we are. The last couple of weeks we've been terrible, haven't we? We have been terrible. I've been terrible all year, but, like, you know, the producer keeps – Producing, he hasn't in the last couple of weeks, and you haven't for the last couple of weeks. And our tips have been our tips have been haven't been that bad. You nearly got a full round if it wasn't for how uh, did the Newcastle Bulldogs lose? Oh, oh my god, yeah. it was yeah. It's who that. was my bet? Cronulla and St George. I knew that could have been a toss up. You got that one. I was hoping that you got a full round, but who the hell would have thought that? Or did you see? Did you see the what they were playing in? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was terrible. Torrential conditions. Yeah, awful. Yeah. I, uh, you must have made a bit of money on that game, though. Neds, they would have done all right. Uh, yeah, probably. I haven't even had a look at the old for that one, to be honest, Dan, but I would say You're playing so. like seven or eight bucks, uh, the dogs uh, to win that, maybe? Yeah, they, uh, even at halftime still, they were about $5 to win. I mean, really? they, just, yeah, they just didn't really come in at all. Who could pick that? I can't go near no. a, a perfect round this season. Who's picking a perfect round? Well, I got seven. The closest so. is seven. I mean, I, I think seven. the first two rounds, I nearly got, I think, seven or eight. In no, two rounds? Yeah. I think I did, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, actually, have you not – this is our 22nd episode, Jared, and I think Ned's jumped on board probably about episode four or five. Yeah. 
I don't think Will's got one home yet. Has he? <laughs> the first two. No, but that was before. That Who was cares? Been... I won. <laughs> yeah, he Go he away. He his first two before we got on board. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's just look uh, Look to the future. I'm going right. to I'm gonna throw uh, a little multi at you. So yep. I'm going to back the Roosters 1-12 to 12 against the Titans. Okay. I just think that they've got a couple of key players out. They've got Crichton out. Boyd Cordner, they've, they've mixed, mixed their back row up a little bit. They've still got Hargraves and Jake Friends, some superstar back line. Then they've, they've got their two, Ikevalu and uh, Ryan Hall. They've been inexperienced all year. I think the Titans are playing some decent football to sort of, you know, not not upset, but at least one to twelve, which is I think paying about four bucks. I reckon yeah. it'll be all right. I don't think yeah. I don't think the Roosters are going to come out there and blow them off the field. You know, they got Mitch Orbison in the back row. Um, and a couple other players I don't even really know. Uh, uh, the young kid, Tupanua, he's starting in the back row. He hasn't started many games. Isaac Lee, who hasn't started many games. So I think it's one of those games where, I'm, you know, the Titans are probably, you know, think, get a really good gauge of where they really are. You know, are they a real bottom four team? Are they going to be fighting for that, you know, maybe mid-range 10, 11, 12? So I want to go that, and then I'm gonna, I've got a horse which you'll be Got very surprised in, yes. Um, so it is uh, Sydney race one number three sink line on Saturday. On Saturday, yep. Race one number three sink line. What's your oh, thoughts yeah, on okay. that? Can I just say that is that is actually coming? Uh, that's that's hot out of the stable. So uh, is it? Oh yeah, oh, I got some good mail, mate. He got you on the, the drink. Inside word from the Chris Lee's stable. Mate, he got on the drink with Chris Lee's last week. Now they're on the best mates status. So, <laughs> it's. Okay, uh, I think it was actually also in for a race today. I think this horse sink line. So it's obviously been scraped from that going around on Saturday. Dual acceptors, Jared. You know how much I love a dual acceptor. It's uh, yeah, yeah. You do love that. True. Okay. Well, it's it's won both of its starts. I don't actually have where it's been racing this time in front of me. It's won both of its starts this time though. This is its first step up into. Saturday, Sydney Company, by the looks of things. It's paying $5 to win. This is a pretty open race, so I don't hate right. it. Um, and then your, your Roosters 1-12 to 12 wheels paying three eighty, and it's all right. It's a $19 multi, two legs. Mm, it's, it's all right. right. Well, we don't hate it. <laughs> Man, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's good. No, it's and it's good. only two. You don't have to wait the whole weekend to get every yeah. single game out of the way. Watch yeah. every se- <laughs> And watch about two horse races. Yeah. You know, well, speaking – Disappointed by lunchtime on Saturday. Yeah, yes. Well, I have been right, lately, so I've been trying to get I've been trying to get all of my multis on the Thursday Friday games and then a horse. Yeah, that's been failing. So I've moved on from that. I'm going to accept defeat on that little sort of avenue. Yeah, I am going to take three line games. I'm going to take South to cover the line. I'm going to yep. take Cronulla to cover the line, and I'm going to take Penrith to cover the line. All right, well, let's step it out one leg at a time like we've been doing these last few weeks. I, I'm really looking forward to this Thursday game, actually. I think this might be the danger leg of your multi, to be honest, Ian. I think uh, both clubs, uh, even with some of the stars that South have coming back in, I think both clubs actually have claims on winning this. In saying that, the line is less than a converted try. It's just five and a half points. You'd think that's still a pretty achievable figure if they are going to win this. Um Leg two, Cronulla at the line. As simple as this, the Broncos have leaked 92 points in their last two weeks. Wow. And they've scored, they've scored eight. Um, I can't figure out how the line for this game has been set at four and a half points. 100%. What do you think of that, Will? People have just got – they've got faith in the Broncos, just their list. You know, they've got – they've got, they got, they got, I, I keep I – keep, I fell back and I backed them against West Tigers. Yes, they, beat, they beat forty-eight nil. So everybody still has faith in them a little bit, and in and in that system and in that culture that they're, they're going to find their legs. They're going to find their legs. This, it's just not the same team. They're legless. I just, I honestly just, I just cannot see the Broncos bouncing back from anything this year. It's uh, absolutely incredible that four and a half. We're offering two dollar lines on every NRL game this weekend. I think by itself that four and a half line for Cronulla could just about be the better of the century. You need the balaclava. Uh, it's a highlight. It's a robbery at four yeah, and a half. It's inc- absolutely incredible. Look, finally, um, look, Penrith up against an understrength Manly side. The line for that one's just four and a half points. 
Three legs combined with a value added for the multi, $8 this week, Ian. I hope this is the one that gets you back in the green. Thank you, Jared. That's very nice. And no I'm horses. confident. No horses. No though. horses. I'm done with Thank horses. God. Stink. Yeah. The other thing that stinks, it stinks literally, figuratively, everything about this bloke stinks, including his last two weeks of tips. Can he redeem himself? Obviously not as a bloke because that will never happen. <laughs> the producer's tip, please, Jared. All right, well, he's taken us back to the races in Sydney and why not because it's been such a happy hunting ground for us since we've started doing this. Um, Ian, you're probably going to hate me for saying this, but there isn't a lot to dislike about this tip. Either Randwick race seven, number one, the horse is called single bullet. Uh, look, the one knock I can see straight off the bat is that he's first up from a spell. He hasn't won at this point of his preparation previously in saying that he's finished second twice and third once in four previous fresh attempts. Uh, look, he's just been a pretty good horse for the Gary Portelli stable for a few seasons now. He's got form on the rain-affected track. That's going to be key again this weekend. Wow. Uh, he's had a couple of good trials in the lead-up to this. He's drawn well in barrier four. He gets some relief in the weights with a claiming <laughs> apprentice aboard. Um, I was talking to the producer this afternoon. He feels bad that he hasn't put us on to a winner for a couple of weeks now. He's going to right. lob in 50 bucks out of his own pocket so we can have $50 each way on this thing. 13 to win. Oh, each way. Okay. 50 for the place. Yeah, well, well you're getting 350 for the place, Will. You've got to have a oh, I thought Ian, Ian's the only each way guy here. No, I'm the only good punter. <laughs> Honestly, though, each, I can I just make sure you get the money off him because this bloke, he's still got his first dollar. <laughs> There's moths flying out of that wallet. He is, there is no way you're getting that money. So thank you for putting in 100 Neds. That's, it's a wonderful sponsorship that we have. Uh, anyway, the uh, producer remains. Uh, becomes good. Well, he's a dickhead. Jared, thank you very much for – well, it's nice to see you, Jared. Yeah. yeah. This is the first time. Chat for it. so I was saying to the producer this afternoon, actually, it's nice just from me, from the perspective of me not just talking over the top of you blokes all the time. Well, this is the first time we've physically – well, not physically met. The first time I've ever had a Zoom. You're a handsome. This whole COVID thing. You're a handsome man. First, this is my first Zoom. Is this, is this it? This is it. This is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets, eh? Mate, thanks again for your support, and uh, we will see you next week with your hat on. Thanks, Jared. Thanks very much, guys. Legend, mate. Appreciate it. See you, pal. See you, mate. All right, we don't have to remind you people at home to gamble responsibly. We do. We officially do. I think I I did this week. I'm doing it next week. All right. Round something or other starts this week. 11, maybe, 12, who can say? Not sure, it's halfway, isn't it? No, it's halfway was last week. Uh, This week, however, is the Indigenous round, which is a fantastic Round 12. Round 12. Looked it up, fact check. It's a fantastic thing that that the NRL do, and and all the clubs get on board. They get their own jerseys, and it's really nice for them to pay respects to, I guess, not just – the players that play this game week in, week out, and there's a lot of fantastic Indigenous players, but also, I guess, for us to be able to understand that there's more to this game than just the game itself. Yeah. It's it's about representing the past and the present and just the Indigenous people, full stop. And let's not forget, this is their country. You know, we are in their country, and so we should be celebrating Indigenous, just Indigenous round. I mean, I, th- I thought it should have been happening 100 years ago, but it's happened and everyone's happy that it is happening now because I've always been a massive big fan, you know, of, of the round. It's been, I think, maybe for the last eight, I think maybe eight years because I, I know my first 10 years, they, they never celebrated Indigenous round at all. So I'm, I'm glad they're doing it and, and they get a lot of Indigenous people. This is, this is their, the highlight of their year because – their best, their best, um, their artist artistry. You know, they get to go on their jerseys. You know, the, all yeah. the little kids get to paint these jerseys and all that kind of stuff. It's a bit of a competition, especially with South. And you want to be that sort of that designer who who can look at the at the South at the South jersey or the Roosters jersey or the Knights jersey or you know a lot a lot of the teams and go, yeah, that's 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 that kid's uh, design. I'm you pretty know, sure so as it well. Means, it means so much. I, I love this round. The clubs also, I think, they tend to auction off the playing jerseys afterwards uh, for some fantastic charities across the board. So get on uh, your local team or your, your favourite team's websites and have a look at that because yeah. they're I terrific I mean, look, look at the amount of 
great Indigenous players, like Latrell Mitchell, like his jersey's going to go for so much. You know, um, at O'Carr, he's another superstar. You know, we, had got, we, we were blessed with a, a plethora of unbelievable players, you know, through the 2000s with, you know, JT and GI. Those guys were just such fantastic ambassadors for the Indigenous race and um, they've done such a great job and their legacy continues. It does. And the first round game or the first game of the round is actually Latrell Mitchell South Sydney. He's back from a couple of weeks off after yeah. a little bit of a stinky poo. But uh, they're playing against St George. And uh, I tell you what, this is actually a pretty good game of footy. St George have been um, – they've been good. They were beaten by Cronulla, which I picked and you didn't. And uh, – <laughs> South Sydney, they are due a win. They need to win. Yeah, and I think I think maybe being the Indigenous round. I know Latrell's back. I know there's, there's about there's a five about five Indigenous brothers in that team: Cody Walker, Terrell Mitchell, uh, Gags, Reynolds. I'm not sure who else, but like they're very passionate, man. I'm not sh- I'm, I'm I'm not sure who to pick in this game because I know the Souths have been they've been down a little bit on their form. And I just think that's because of Latrell Mitchell's been missing around the back. You know, they've um, Alex Johnson, oh, Alex Johnson, another Indigenous brother. Um, but they've missed him so much, and Alex Johnson has been—he's been proved as, as one of the as one of the best wingers in the comp already. But Latrell just around the back with those silky skills, he's he's really come into his own. He got suspended. I don't think he should have been suspended, but he got suspended. All he does was sticking up for his mate. Um, he should have been commended in my book. Anyway. Um, he's back. He's back, and I think he can he can make a big difference, man. Like just he's got that X factor, and he's and, and those couple of weeks just mentally would have given him a rest, and it's the perfect time for him to come back. So sitting on the fence of this game because I well, know St George has been. You're not allowed to sit on the fence. We'll come back to. I'll it, never sit on the fence. No, you just get it wrong. Unlike me, seven <laughs> from eight. You're welcome, everyone that listened. The Tigers are playing against the Warriors. One bit of news that came out today, I don't know. I mean, it's only just, it's breaking news. But uh, they reckon two of the Warriors players who aren't New Zealand citizens, when the season is over, because they're not New Zealand citizens, they're not going to let them back into the country. Well, I mean, surely they need to What do they expect and, them to do? Stay here? Know, stay here, I guess. Sign stay for here the, or go back to the islands? Sign for the Roosters. Uh, no, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, well, she's been pretty strict. She's been pretty strict, pretty strict the, on the, the Prime Minister over there. Surely these kids have given up. Their entire lives to, you know, they seem... Anyway. That's a bit of a shame. I know Jacinda Ardern's a massive fan of the show and she's listening to us now. So, of Jacinda, course. let of him in, course. would you? Uh, the Tigers uh, have been good. They've been good. They've been, I mean, they beat the Broncos by a billion, but that doesn't count. They've been um, solid. They've been very, very solid. Like they're they're just, just, they're, they just they're, lack a game-breaker. Do you think they were ever going to beat the Eels? No. They weren't, were they? Ryan no. Madison, you know, he he was out. He's been a, he's been a key factor for those guys. They were a little bit off power, and they still ended up, you know, twenty six sixteen. So, I think they got some room. To, they got. Some, I don't know. What do we do with Brooks? What you happens? Gotta, you got to either start him or he's drop not a him. bench player. He's not a bench. He's player. Not a bench player. I mean, no. like Benji can only do so much. He needs some help. He come back to the club to help Brooks. Like I don't understand when when coaches try and think that. You know, I'll, I'll drop him and he's going to learn his lesson. No, you need to play him. He needs to play himself out of shit form and get on the field and play how Luke Brooks can play. He got Dallium halfback of the year a couple of years ago. Mm. The kid can play, you know. So, like, just, I don't know, it's just some coaching methods, really, really old school dumb shit. You know, like, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll drop him. He should learn his lesson. No, these young kids don't learn their lesson like that. Just play the kids out of form. No, you just, I'm not sure if he's big. I'm not sure he's that smart on picking characters and what sort of people that he's got coaching. You know, he's only been there for a couple of years, so I'm not I'm not sure that he knows Brooks that well. You know, what sort of person he is, what sort of character he is. You know, Regardless what sort of, pers- of that. What sort of person can he, you know, can he bounce back if I drop him? Is he resilient? Is he that tough prick that I can just go, all right, I'm going to drop you. I know you're going to go, back. I know there's no reserve grade, but you're going to come back to training with the same level, same tenacity and attitude that you were if you were a starting seven. I don't think he comes back with that attitude. Yeah, I, I mean, he's... He, he's not Benji Marshall. Benji Marshall handled this like an absolute pro. 
But you can put Benji Marshall off the bench and it doesn't change the balance of your bench. Yeah. He plays that 14 role. Brooks isn't going to do that. Yeah, but I don't think – But yeah, I don't – I just – yeah, you can't put Brooks off the bench. No. It's just stupid coaching. Sean Bloor – Bloor? Who's that? Bloor, he's a young kid from West Tigers. There was big raps when he came from Penrith. He was good on the weekend. And, and the other young kid from the Warriors, Jack Hetherington, who took on uh, Jared Wairea Hargraves in what was um, – yeah, I don't know. Look, the, the thing with this, I think that – I played against his dad. Hetherington? Brett Hetherington, remember? Is that his dad? Hard prick from fucking Canberra. Is that his dad? Yeah, that's there why he's a hard prick himself. Well, uh, the way he sort of carried himself in that game, he took it to Warrior Hargraves, who is undoubtedly the best prop in the game in my eyes. Then after the game – Warrior Highgraves decided that he didn't want to. I mean, they may have shaken hands, but there was obviously still some tension. That's unlo- That's unusual, isn't it? It's unlike Hargraves. You know, he's he's a man of character, and he plays the game hard and tough. And he's the first dude that that will come up and shake your hand and give you a hug and all that kind of stuff. So whatever's said between Hetherington and and Hargraves was, must have been personal. Is some is some either some personal, some bad blood. Something got said, but um. You know, it was, it was like I, know, you'd, I, I never want to question Hargraves' integrity or character at all. No. Maybe it was just one of those moments where he couldn't calm down. Yeah. You know, everybody, get, everybody gets through that. Everybody gets in those moments. So, you know, I've got to give um, Hetherington some an A-plus for effort. I like it, Fucking yeah. hell, he went hard. He, he went in. hard. I mean, I know he, if he was at Penrith right now with um, – a few of their injuries that they got on the bench, he'd be playing first grade easy. I think he, I just don't think he trialed that well. They bought Zane Tedavano, and he took they he took his spot off the bench. So, well, the Broncos, who are a side that could probably do with Jack Hetherington too, they could do with anyone really. McNeil out of retirement. No, the Warriors, the, the Warriors have added. Sorry, Daniel Alvaro from um, from Parramatta. Yeah, and George Jennings, good. which is good. I mean, like, I mean, I think Toddy Payton come out last week going, look, you guys. Pretty much, you other NRL clubs are full of shit because you said you're going to um, lend us your players that weren't in the top 17. Now they're starting to because there's a lot of first grade players from 18 to 22 that are some decent first grades that, that the Warriors could use. So good on you, Parramatta. Yeah, good on you, Parramatta. Well done. Uh, Broncos. They can't have any Broncos players because they're all shit. And they're playing against the Sharks. Do you know what? If I was in the Broncos, I'd probably ask for a transfer. Get me out of here. Darius Boyd back at fullback? He, yeah, he's back at fullback. Hopefully, um, I mean, hopefully he can, he can – he's not a centre. He wasn't a 5'8". He's always been a fullback and winger. So hopefully he can just get back. And he, he holds a lot of energy in that team. I don't think he realises that. You know, he's played over 300 games and, you know, 20 tests and 20 origins and a couple of competitions and – they look up to him as, you know, he's their former captain, but he is their, he pretty much is their captain. You know, he's got a big responsibility up there. You know, if, if he can just lead the way and just get come back, run the ball hard, do the simple things, get back and simplify his game, these young kids will follow him. You know, so... I don't know. I just I just think, I remember at the start of last year, he was playing fullback and they, you know, and then they moved him from fullback because he was making bad defensive. I don't look, know. And then, you, well, then, then you put... Where Milf- do you, put him? you put Milford back at five eight. You give mm. him one crack. He's one of the best fullbacks. You give him one. You give him one game. And you put him back. Mm. There's no. You can't fix these problems. No. Make a fucking decision. Yeah. You know. You got to. You got to. You've got to. You got to drop one of these kids. Do you know? Like you got to go. No, you're not playing. I don't give a fuck what sort of money you on. You're not playing up to NRL standard. You're dropped. He doesn't have any balls. Seabold doesn't. Yes. Yep. I think I'm talking about. Let's talk about Seabold again. Uh, Roosters against the Titans. Okay, mm. next, next. Yeah. Game. <laughs> well, I'm, oh, I've, I've no. one, to, <laughs> one to twelve. No, well, <laughs> Titans were good last week. They were good. I, I, I think paying ten dollars. Holbrook is doing a good job. He is. He really is doing a good job. Uh, Roosters have been off a little bit, so they got um, some. They they got some. Um, Got some indigenous. I'm, I'm, I'm just very wary of the indigenous brothers that are playing in every team. You know, um, you got, uh, you know, Nathan Peets, Tyrone Peachy. Yeah, Tyrone Peachy. You got some brothers in there, man. They're going this this round means so much to the guys. You know, they can go to another level. That's why I think I think they might get that one to twelve. They're still getting Ash, Ash Taylor. 
You know, it's um, you know, Brian Kelly. He's been so there's, better. There's a lot of Ash Taylor's indi- been better. Yeah, there's a lot of Indigenous boys in that team. What about the Cowboys versus the Raiders? John Bateman. He's is back. he back? Yeah, not Indigenous, but he's back. Oh, it's great that he's back. I think you know the cow- Cowboys. I remember when I was up there. This is one of their. This is one of their games that they always look out for. The Indigenous round, they love it. Mm. Um, you know, they've got some brothers. You know, Justin O'Neill. I'm just trying to look through their list here. I mean, obviously not as many when they had Matty Bowen and they had Jonathan Thurston and all these guys up there. They just used to love it. Um, but it's good to see um, our Pommy mate back, John Bateman, straight back into the starting lineup. Do you reckon they'll bench him or do you reckon they'll start him? If they even the starting side. Yeah, because coaches you never play. <laughs> yeah, I know. But what about was it was it Papali and all that guy? Those guys are they are they They're going up? They're saying because they won't take the they won't, vaccination they or anything yeah. like that. I don't know. I don't know what'll happen with that. I mean, if Peter Volandis says they're going to play, they'll probably play because he just says anything and then people just do Corey it. Corey Harariranaro, he's straight a good guy. into the seventeen. I think he'll fit really well guy. into that team. Yeah, um, I've been very impressed with Tom Starling. He's been really good. He's. I mean, considering. I, I mean, I I unfairly put the death knoll on, on the Raiders after Hodgson got injured. But ever since then, they've actually played it's really well. weird, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, Jack Whiten's indigenous brother. I'm a terrific um, judge, all I, I mean, all I all I see is Cowboys. I watch Cowboys play because I see one player, Jason Taumalolo. Hmm. That's it. I feel so sorry for him. He's, what is he, halfway through his 10-year deal? Help him out. Yeah, it's a long 10 years up there for him. Sure. Uh, Manly versus the Panthers. The Panthers... They were unconvincing against the Titans, but I think that's because the Titans played very well. They got, a 18, they got it to an 18-0 head start, and then the Titans just sort of clawed their way they back, did. and they just, yep. you know, it was just one of those games where, the, you know, Panthers knew they were going to win. They just had to turn up and, you know, complete their sets, all that kind of stuff. But they've got a lot of Indigenous brothers as well. The Panthers, they've got Sir Brent Naden, um, who else, Tyrone May. Tyron, yeah, Tyron May. That's about it too. Joel Thompson for, for Manly. Manly just keep turning up too, don't they? That's about it. So I mean, Manly, I don't know where they're sitting on the ladder because I haven't looked, but they, they just genuinely are hard to beat every week. They're at eighth, eighth spot. Are they? Good on yeah. them. Good on them. They always, they just, they just like that. They just got that. It's Des Hasler, man. He's just got, he just coaches that culture into them, and they never give up. You know, they've got no Tom Trebojevic. They've had no Dylan Walker. They've had. You know some, you know some average players getting played in first grade for them, and they keep doing the job. Hey, I mean it helps you got Adam Fanua Blake, and you got um, yeah. Martin Tabau, Joel Thompson, Siren, and Trebojevic. Well, hang it's on, it's one of the best packs. Fanua Blake didn't have his shot, and he was allowed to go out there and play. So Papali will be right. It's just probably more taper talk. Bullshit. But you, yeah, uh, Panthers. I think that they're looking pretty sharp. They are. The dogs are looking sharp. I'll tell you who scored a great try last week, William. Aiden Tolman, <laughs> best prop in the game. Aiden <laughs> Tolman, he flopped over the line, and I'll tell you what—he was in a team that in my super coach, the bloke, and he's Aiden Tolman hasn't scored a try. I looked this up because I was so filthy. He hasn't scored a try since 2017. Are you serious? And he's oh, I couldn't believe it, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but this used to be a good game in 1980. Mate, uh, the dogs versus the I mean, Eels. Not good now. That's what everyone like. They keep going. Oh, be, oh no, no, they'll bounce back. They'll bounce back because it's against Parra. I'm like, Parramatta hate fucking Bulldogs just as much as we hate them. Yeah, that's right. And they're way better than us at the moment. So shut up. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, just because you put that blue and white jersey on, you're playing against Paramount, doesn't automatically mean it's going to be a great game. Can I tell you honestly, though? Spoiler alert, fans. I feel, I tell you, I feel sorry for, I feel sorry for Dean Pay because he deserved that win that the dogs, like, there's nothing Steve George Alice has done in two weeks that's changed that side. He got players back. He got Kieran Foran back from injury. He got some players back and they started to play. They had a little bit more than just gritty let's have, defense. Let's have a look at the elements that they played in. Let's have a look how bad Newcastle played. They had two season-ending injuries in that game. Yeah, you're losing two two of your hookers, um, two great ball players, and dynamic out of dummy half Connor Watson and Andrew McCulloch, such a great game manager. You lose both of those guys. You know what I mean? Like it's it, clamor, Saifidi. You can control those guys in wet weather. Yeah, the footwork, the offloads—they all. Everybody goes into their shell when it's a wet weather game. It was windy as hell. It was one of the worst freaking things I've ever seen. You know, 
the Knights need dry weather to play outstanding mm. with the Ponga, with Pierce. You know, they need those um they need a dry track. And I think they're still missing something, Newcastle. I just don't see. I mean I, I look at their forward pack and I'm like, it's not gonna fear anyone. It doesn't fear anyone. You know what I mean? Clemmer, Saifidi, they do their job. But then I look at their back row and there's no diff there's no point of difference. Do you know what I mean? Like they do the same job. If I was a left back row or the right back row, they do exactly the same thing. Like no one can offload. No one can go down short sides, you know, like and, and play three on two. Like I see a lot of options with with um, with Fitzgibbon where it could be three on two. It holds the ball. You know what I mean? There's a lot of fuck-ups I see and there's a lot of opportunities that I see as a footballer. I'm like, what are you doing? Like what are you, like, why, why are you scared to play football? Do you, or, or you just don't have the skill to do it. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's frustrating. It's like he's a he's a front rower playing in the back row, maybe waiting for for Tyson Frizzell because you know when Tyson gets up there, it's going to change the game because he's going to sit on that left edge. Mitch Barnett's going to sit on that right edge, and who's going to play lock? You can even put Sione Matautia on that left edge. He mm. can hit a he can hit a good hole. He's got really safe hands. He can hit. I just don't understand. I mean, if I was left side back row for the Knights, I'd make fucking ten line breaks a game. You really enjoy watching number eleven for the. Oh, Knights, mate, really. it's just frustrating because I was a left side back row. If I had if I had Ponga around the back of me, if I had Pierce, all these guns around me, and I haven't made a line break all year, maybe I think I made one against maybe the Titans. Mm. Yep, no. subpar year. <laughs> uh, I hope you're listening, Lachlan. Good on you. Uh, the Storm playing against the Knights. Uh, I th- honestly believe. That Lachlan Fitzgibbon will score five tries now. That I hope he does. Him. I hope he does. He won't. Storm can defend. Uh, <laughs> Knights. I tell you what. The Knights are missing something this year. It's I told just, you. It's just um, those soft games, like the game they lost against the Cowboys, and and that game last week. They just a side as good as them can't afford to lose games like that if they're going to go on with it. And I've said from the start, I think they've got a roster that can be top four, and, and they've played games that suggest they can be a top four side, but they just need to fix that sort of rubbish yeah. game they turn. I don't with. I don't think they're gonna be top four anymore. Change your mind? Uh I don't think I picked him in my top four. I think top four was no. Melbourne Roosters, Para and Penrith. And Penrith. Yeah. Uh, I think they would be top eight and I think they'll be fighting for for they'll be fighting for an eight spot. It'll be eight, nine and ten because I think they'll fall that far behind because they just rely so much on Pierce and Ponga. Everything's around those guys. It's like if they don't if they don't score tries or set shit up, fuck, we're not going to do anything about it. Forwards keep going forward. Leclemmer's going to get his numbers up. Saifidi's going to get his numbers up. They're going to be a real tough, gritty side, but their forwards need to start putting plays on, start playing some football. You know, it's very one-dimensional, very Melbourne-like, mm. very, very Melbourne-like, very structured and I just think they need to loosen the reins off and just let these kids play because it's like they're starting to play some boring football and it's very and it's very pedestrian. You can sort of see it happening. And like as a great defensive team, like a Melbourne team, you're not going to score any points against those guys. No. It's so hard. I mean, like, you know, Newcastle, I'm a massive fan of what they're doing up there, but there's there's got to be something happening in that back row, man. It's just killing me. You've got the exact same players from – like you look at Clemmer and then you look at Saifidi, they're great runners. They're great proper front rowers. And then the back rowers, just like, they're just like a little bit lighter front rowers. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, can yeah. you, there's, there's no footwork there. There's no, there's no offloads. There's no second phase football. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. I hope, I hope Mitch Barnett's a tough prick. I'm glad, he, I'm glad they brought him back because it's, it's, it sucks what they're doing because if they play against, <laughs> it'll be a good test this week. They better not dish up that same shit they, against, they did against the dogs. I'll get pumped. I'll get beat by 50. Uh, all right, St. George against South. Well, let's have your tips, William. Let's just, before we go through our tips, let's just again recap that I got seven out of eight last week. Can I just say, I'll just add on to this. Um, I was doing a, I think, I think Sterl, I was doing something on Channel 9. I think it's the return of the, the big men. They're back. You know what I mean? Like the Campbell Gillards, the Paulos. Because the game has quickened up so much, if you've got good leg speed and you've got a real well-balanced pack, you will kill teams. Look at the top four. Penrith, Fisher-Harris, Tarmel. Their back row is, their back row is very, very balanced. You've got, you got a bit of point of difference on the right side and left side. 
Look at Viliami uh, uh, Kikau, what he does on that left edge. Mm. The right edge is different. Isaiah Yayo, he just he just works in the middle. He's got an offload. Now look at the Roosters. Take Aho got footwork. Hargraves hard nose, just straight through the middle, late offload. And then you look at their back row. If you look if you look at Crichton, it hits really good holes. Boyd Cordner. And then, you know, I mean, not Victor Radley, but you probably got Isaac Liu. And then you look at Parramatta, Campbell Gillard, like Nathan Brown. All these people with a really good, well-balanced forward pack are blitzing everybody. Yeah. You've got to have different points at different in different positions. And if you've got good leg speed in the middle and you've got a good nine, you've got Campbell Gillard in there, you've got Paulo running rough shot through there with some late offloads, some pre-line passes, and then they've got these great back rolls of good footwork. You got to have that balance, and then you got to start playing fucking rugby league in the middle. You can't mm. just be dumb. This game's gone. Where you got to be so structured. You got to start playing football. Or you're going to end up back in the back four, mm. and that's what I was, I was looking at. I'm going, damn! All the big guys, they come back because the game is sped up in the middle, and it's not as policed as well as it used to be. The wrestling's as as they're trying to filter that right out of the game. So if you're big, strong, and fast, you are killing it at the moment. Campbell Gillard, why has his game come from – he just got dropped from New South Wales in Australia last year. He's the best forward in the game. Yeah, and he's playing big minutes. And he's too. playing massive minutes, and it's effective. He's over 90% effective tackling. He's playing – he's averaging over 200 metres. Good leg speed, 6'5", six 6'6", foot six foot six, 120 kilos, big body. Then you got Paulo and all these other front rowers that I've been naming. Like, they're just they're, – they're the dominant forwards. Solomona, you know, all these guys, they, 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 that's the top four. You know, so I think, I think a lot of teams will, will probably go into the preseason going, I need to start picking some different type of players in mm. different positions. It goes into body types. What can you offer me on that right edge? What can you offer me on the left? What can you do for me as lock? Are you my ball playing lock, a Jake Chaboyevich, a Cameron Murray? Are you that sort of player, or are you just a working Fanukin or anyone like that? So you know, a lot of a lot of these guys, they need some decent scouts and decent people out there getting the right people into the game. They just need to find the next Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Yeah. St. George South, come on. Rabbits. Tigers, Warriors. Tigers. Broncos, Sharks. Sharks. You're looking at it now. Don't make me read it out. Just say what you... <laughs> yeah, I oh know. Fuck off. Uh, Roosters, Raiders, Panthers, Eels, Storm. All right. So I'm going Souths. Tigers, Sharks, Roosters. Oh, this is – I'm just going to do the same as you, I think, yeah. Raiders, Panthers, Eels, oh, Storm. You suck. All right, I'll change my first one to St. George. All right, good. Just That's for the good. fans. Just for the fans? What, to not follow you because I'm seven from eight and you were three from eight or something? Anyway, I, uh, I will take that victory from last week and – we will see how we go this week. Check on the socials for our tips. <laughs> We've had a couple of weeks off my favourite award and your favourite award, the Mick Neal Lemon of the Week Award, yes. because no one really has stood up and grabbed our attention. It's a prestigious award <laughs> and it can only be handed out to the most deserving complete, of recipients. A complete lemon. And um We found one. Yeah. What is it? I think at the start of the week, Kanye West. President Kanye. Some, he's going first of all, he deserves it because he's going he's running for the president of the United States of America. Yeah. President Kanye. That is unbelievable. And some of his uh outlandish statements that I can't even repeat because I'd offend so many people, man. I can't. I can't understand it. Michael Rappaport's. He, he's. He's our boy. He listens to our show, and, and he calls. Man, he uh, Rap Rappaport showed me like a whole um, a message, a whole message thread of what what Kanye sent to him. Like he always calls him Michael Rappaport. Yo, Michael Rappaport, why are you doing this to me, son? Michael Rappaport. It's, not, it's never like Michael or Mister Rappaport. It's always Michael Rappaport, and he was showing me some shit, man. I was just stunned. I was stunned. Well, you know, I don't, I don't understand why Kanye West would think at any point that he wants to be president of the United States and whether he thinks he actually could be. But what I like is Kanye West completely destroying his marriage via Twitter over yeah. a period of time. If you want out of your marriage, champ, just 
You don't need to do it that way. Know, it was so per- it was so personal, man. It was so like erratic and all this kind of shit, man. I was just like, "What is? Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Yeah. Sit down! Just sit down." More erratic than McNeil getting ankle tapped yeah. in the '89 Grand. So final. there you go, there you go, Kanye. You got the McNeil Lemon of the Week award. Well done. Well done to you. It'll be up there with your Grammys and everything. I must say, all of this talk about Joseph Suwali and whether he's going to sign with Rugby Union or Rugby League, I feel like. You could give him advice, having played uh, both codes. Both codes. What about Toulon? Let's talk about Toulon, William. Yeah. Um, This story only just came to me like about five minutes ago, but I was thinking, well, you know, it's it's hot right now, isn't it? Like union players, they're coming back here, SBW's back, and it's like Suwali's here. But like I think I just got a real – that whole 2000s when I was playing and, you know, 2010s, like – League players got the worst raps, worst raps. Union's like a different game. They always, they, they'd always get away with shit. We're spotless. They would do a lot of, a lot of shit that was way worse than rugby league players. And when I went, and went to Toulon to play them barbarians, the first couple of tests, which was the funnest shit I've ever done. You know, I was thirty-one at the time, and then I moved to Toulon, and I was like, well, like uh, probably forty-five kilometers away from Saint Tropez. I'm not going to name any players or anything like that. But, you know, we used to train Monday, Tuesday. We didn't have to come back till Thursday, Arvo. So what do you reckon we did? We went straight up to Saint-Tropez. We would chill out there. We would, go, we would just go mental and then come back. And then so one of the boys who was, he was – he'd be a great player. He was a great player. He knew uh, the Princess of Monaco. Of course Which, which was um, – I think about an hour and a little bit away. So obviously it got organised. We If we go up to, to Monaco, they'll shut the city down because obviously he knows her and, you know, whatever, who the prince is and prince, princess, I don't know. I was just like, who gives a fuck? Like, let's just get up. <laughs> let's just get up to Monaco and shut this shit down. I was only 31 years old. We had about a group of five blokes. Everyone was expats. And... I said, you're full. I was thinking, you're full of shit. This is not going to happen. He goes, bro, you don't understand. Like, this is... They'll do whatever we want. So you know that that um, that real famous casino, all that sort yeah, of shit. Like we got casino. James Bond and all that kind of shit in there. Yep. We we're in there. I was in there with bordies, pair of thongs, singlet, <laughs> smashing shots at the bar, doing doing whatever we wanted to, whatever. So they obviously didn't send the princess or prince. They just sent their next their their, their the guy who's going to mind us for the night. Their minder. He goes, whatever you want, boys, do whatever the fuck you want. There's no rules. I was like, nah, this can't be right. This cannot be right. You can't send five or six of us in here with no rules or anything like that. We're all sitting in there dressed like we're in, you know, like like in Saint-Tropez and like just like everyone's in suits and all that kind of shit. We're like Bentleys around, all that kind of stuff. Well, let's just drive, let's drive, because it's the Grand Prix, isn't it, Monica? I said, let's get some fucking Ferraris and and let's let's drive around the the, the track. Let's like, get some Ferraris. Well, he said anything, Please, so I was trying to test honestly. this guy. I was trying to test this dude. I said, all right, I'll test him. I said, how about you shut shut this shit down and let's just go cruising on a Ferrari. I want to, I want to see the track. Bang, couple of phone calls. The whole fucking city got shut down and there's about six, Lambo, six Ferraris turned up, all for us. <laughs> all for us. All for, this is like three. This is like four o'clock in the, in the Arvo or some shit like that. Shut the whole thing down, and we did get in. We've had like I've had a shitload of drink. I'm not condoning drink driving, but I think if you've been in France or Europe, they don't give a fuck about it. Anyway, <laughs> I've had a couple of I've had a couple of wines before we get in there, and then everybody we're, we're pretty yeah. It wasn't wasn't a good state, and we just like did fucking laps around the whole of Monaco, and we had I had a little 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 French dude sitting next to me like just fucking telling me what to do and telling me all these stories and all this sort of shit. Anyway. Had a craziest time, got out. What else, uh, what else do you want, guys? I'm like, fucking, let's get some of this. Let's get some of that. Let's get some of this. Get some of that. And we're in a hotel room, man. They shut this whole thing down. Unlimited everything, whatever you wanted. Alcohol, water, <laughs> croissants. Peanuts. Fucking baguettes. It was ridiculous. So, yeah, that was my story of Monaco. It was, re- it was unbelievable. It was one of those trips that I'll never – I'll never forget, man. I was like, we shut that shit down. Down. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to our show this week. We are certainly having a lot of fun in our new studio, which is very fancy. Mm. 
Please continue to rate and review. The producer just got a fax. Who gets faxes these days? Honestly, we're sitting here. I cannot work in these conditions. We are very, very proud of all of the support we've been getting. Yeah. And we continue to be amazed by how much you yeah. people are engaging with us on social media, which we love to do. We appreciate We appreciate your feedback. Um, even when you you know you DM us or, or anything like that on Twitter or, or, or Facebook, Instagram, anything like that, you know we, we read everything. So and we take notes. And I'm still yet to get anyone sliding into my DMs, but feel free. I'll be following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL, as Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie. And the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Fuck. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 